0: Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Can I challenge you? Did you know that there is a way that you can set your alarm 30 minutes earlier than you do right now. And you can create a space for God every day. You can set it. You can do it. And I challenge you this week, if you, are, if you are in the habit yet of creating a space for God, once you do that, I feel like God is drawing his people to a depth that we haven't been before. But if you want to see things that haven't happened yet, you got to do things you haven't done yet. Okay, And in a desperation, when you see desperate people, they do desperate things. I don't know if you've ever seen someone hungry or someone starving to the point of doing something crazy to get food. But in the moment of desperation, you start to do things that you wouldn't usually do in your normal state of mind. But when you get desperate, you start to do crazy stuff. And my heart's, my heart's prayer, and just so you know, this is what I'm covering over your family, over your, your relationship, over where you are at your school. I'm praying for a desperation level that increases so much that we start doing things we've never done before. We start fasting and putting things aside, saying, God, we just want you. We just want you. Because how many know that Jesus is the cure for everything? And when we have him a part of everything, everything starts to change. You believe that? Everything starts to change when Jesus is involved. So, man, I challenge you. What do you need to do to get into the presence of God, to create a space where God is moving in your life? You're not just hearing about it, not hearing about others that are getting a move of God or hearing his voice, but it's you. You're on your face. You know, you're that, you're that um, Habakkuk that he's saying, write this stuff down. Everybody who reads these words is going to run. I need you to write it down. They're important words. Man, let's get desperate for his presence. I'm so excited that you came to church today at the movies part two. I'm so pumped about The Incredibles. I love that movie. Did anybody go and see Incredibles number two? That was even better than the first one. I'm just a huge fan. I can't believe it's been 14 years, people. Like, come on. That's crazy. Don't make me wait long like that again for Incredibles 3. I just won't do it. I won't do it. I might be dead. I don't even know. Lord Terry's, I'll be here to watch Incredibles 3 when I'm 70 years old. But what I love about the Incredibles is this journey of real people. It's just a real family, and they might have a little bit of superpowers underneath the surface, but it's this family. And they show up on the scene. It's Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl, and they get They get together, they get married, and they have a family, and all this stuff goes down. But I want to take us into the part where um, all of a sudden, you know, Mr. Incredible gets sued. And this is big for all of the whole entire superhero world. The supers had to go underground. I wonder how many there are hidden heroes in the Christian world where there's superheroes that have superpowers and God has blessed us with the authority and the keys of the kingdom and God has blessed you with a special gift. And I wonder how many of us have actually gone into hiding and have hidden our superpowers. I wonder how many of us haven't lived to the full potential of why God called us and why we're here on earth. And sometimes it's fear of what's happened in the past, or sometimes it can be uh, different things, but I truly believe that God is calling us to become the superheroes that we were meant to be. As a kid, I always wanted to be Spider-Man. That was my dream. It was was Superman at first, and then I got wise and started going after Spider-Man, because Spider-Man's the bomb.com. He's just cool. He shoots webs out of his hands, like he sticks to walls. He can go anywhere, and he has Spidey sense. So if someone's behind me, they're getting ready to punch me, boom, Spidey sense, backhand to the face, okay? Like, done deal, Spider-Man's the coolest. But I don't know if you ever had a a superhero growing up that you wanted to be, but I always wanted to be Spider-Man and then Batman was kinda cool, but he just had a lot of money, so I was like, that's probably not gonna happen. Um, But you know, and then Superman, he's just got too many powers, he's from the planet, so that can't happen, but if I find a radioactive spider and it bites me, come on, game on. Like, I'm the next Spider-Man, right? And just, just wait, because my wife is super crafty, so just wait till you see the superhero suit. So she's going to make me, right? So I got this all, I got this all planned out, how I'm going to be. But as a kid, I just had this, this thought, what if I were super? What if I had powers? What if I could do things that no one else could do? What if there was something that set me apart from all the rest? And did you know that God actually puts things inside of us? that are not like anybody else's gifts and their superpowers. In fact, he talks about it in the Bible and he talks about the keys of the kingdom that he puts in our hands. And the keys of the kingdom are super powerful. They're not like, you know, janitor keys or closet keys or even house keys or car keys. These keys have superpowers. They're the ones that unlock doors that can't be unlocked by any other key or authority. And keys that lock doors that no one else can lock that have been open for years and things have been getting out that need to be stay in. And God has given us that authority. In fact, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For him, and this he's talking about Jesus, for him all things were created. Just for him. Jesus created, or, or God created the world, the universe, all of humankind for himself. It was his pleasure. It was his pleasure to have his creation and then created someone in his image. You were fearfully and wonderfully made, and God did it on purpose. They were all created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Everybody say through him and for him. Now, this is huge because, number one, you were created through God. You came through the hands of the most powerful creator in all the universe. You were created through God. You came through him, through his power, through his authority, through all that he has. You were born through him. That's why we're children of the king. That's why we're children of God is because when we were born, we were actually born through him. And then the second part of this that you have to understand is you weren't only born through him. You don't only have the power of God, but you were created for him. And so God designed you for a special purpose just for him. Now, if you can kind of picture with me that you have this incredible puzzle and it's 5,000 pieces, and pieces are all over the place, right? And let's just say that you're not allowed to touch the board, and you're not allowed to touch the pieces of the puzzle, but you have a bunch of four-year-old kids that need to put this puzzle together, and all you can do is direct them, right? Now, these kids that come into the mix, they are confused, <laughs> you know, because they're four. They don't really understand everything. And have you ever been around a four-year-old? they're awesome. What a great age. Speaking gibberish and all sorts of crazy stuff. They're awesome. But can you imagine being the person that's trying to direct all this, and, but when people start to work in their gifts and start to put things in the puzzle, see, God is the only one that has the box in hand and is designing something to be a beautiful picture, The problem is, a lot of times we act like a four-year-old with a piece of the puzzle and we're just running around and trying to fit it in things. And so we're like, does it fit over here? No, it doesn't. And have you ever done that where you just push it in anyways? I think it fits, you know? You just start shoving it and get your foot involved. Now you're sitting on it. (laughs) I think it's going to go in. It's not going in. But have you ever felt like that in life where you have this piece of the puzzle and you're like, God, uh, where, where do I go where do I go and, and God has the box he has the big picture he's putting all this together for a grand design of what he wants to accomplish on earth the great things that he wants to do not only uh, for you but through you and God created you for him a new creation, a new creation in fact second Corinthians 5:15 says and we and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. I love that Jesus didn't just die for us and we're just worshiping at a grave. I love that Jesus defeated death and got out of that grave. I'm so excited that Jesus is alive today, that we don't serve a dead God. Isn't that great? We don't serve a God that we have to hope and pray that somehow, some way, he hears us. He's alive and well. of reconciliation. Now, you got to get excited about this because reconciliation is a phenomenal thing. If you ever look it up, you'll know that it's like if they, like, let's say in government, they pass a legislation and it's, it's in the process, right? It's already passed. But reconciliation is when the majority of the vote gets involved and says, we can change this because we all vote. It's okay. And so they change what's already been dubbed. What's already been said, what's already been finalized is different because of the majority of vote. Can I just tell you, no matter what you've done in the past, no matter where you've come from, Jesus is the majority vote. And he says that sin no longer has a hold on your life. And the past and the shame and the regret and the things that you thought were all done, it was passed, legislation down. The bill is done. But Jesus says, nah, majority vote. You are clean. I've designed you for a specific purpose. And your past has nothing to do with it. In fact, your past just gives you more of a purpose in what I have for you. Because it just shows you how powerful I am of how I saved you from that. And so Jesus is calling us the old is gone and the new is here i remember i had my favorite car it was a volkswagen golf and i know it's like what a golf yeah it was awesome it was black it had four doors and it was a stick shift but it was a short shifter have you ever driven with a short shifter it'll change your life don't none of this none none of that you know none of that hillbilly, you know, huge shifting. Nah, we're not doing that. Short shifter, you could do with your pinky. It was just a phenomenal car. It was amazing. So fast. It was awesome. And I was in the car, and we were driving down to Lancaster. Have you ever been to Amish land, right? I was driving down to Lancaster, and all of a sudden, this guy stops right in the middle of the road, right in front of me, and I slam on the brakes, but I can't stop soon enough, so I swerve into the ditch. Now we are going like, have you ever been in a golf? It's tiny. And so now we're like, you know, all the way around. And we hit this ditch, and now we're airborne. Dukes of Hazard airborne. And we're like in the air. It's like slow-mo. I'm like, We come down, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> that was cool. Don't want to do it again, but that was way cool. My sister, she's crying. She's freaking out. She's calling everybody in her contact list. She's just going down. Everybody, hey, we just crashed. Okay, bye. (laughs) And then the next person, hey, we just crashed. Now, all these people are like, what, they crashed? Are they okay? Like, what's going on? Yeah, it was a bad deal. But what I noticed is when I got out of the car, the engine was not in the car anymore. The engine was on the ground. It It had broken the bolts, and that engine was setting on the ground. And I don't know much about cars, but I think that's a bad thing. The tow guy got there, and I'm like, what do you think about this? Is that fixable? He's like, nah, that's totaled. And my heart was broken. Because if you ever had something in life that is so valuable to you because it's comfortable and it's awesome, and even though it's maybe not the greatest thing for you, It's valuable to you, and that was this car to me. I was so caught up in losing this. But then my new car came, and I got a Volkswagen Passat. Now that might not sound cool, but it was turbocharged. Short shifter, turbocharged, it was amazing. There were greater things for me, but yet I couldn't see it in the moment. And there are a lot of things that we come to Jesus for and we're like, "Hey God, I will give you everything except the golf. Please don't take my golf." God is a short shifter. It's amazing. Please don't take that habit. God, I'll give you everything but my finances. God, what if my family can't live or survive? You want my job? You name it. You fill in the blank. God, that thing I always go to for comfort. God, you want me to give you sleep? That's what God's been breaking my heart for right now is sleep. He's like, hey, I need you up earlier. I need to do something in your life. God, really? Everything. You have everything. But God, you know I got two kids and all that stuff. I need sleep. But Jesus, I love him because he doesn't just take our old and leave it there. He takes our old and gives us new, greater things than we had that we gave to him. And I love that Jesus doesn't keep us where we are. In fact, the things that have been spoken over you up to this point, God is in the business of reconciliation. That's great news for us because no matter what's been stated or what's been proclaimed over our lives, now Jesus is involved and he says, That's my child. I claim them clean. There's superpowers in that kid, and I I have designed him for greatness. But I have to ask you have you been a hero in hiding? When's the last time you got out your cape? Now, if you've seen this movie, you know, no capes. No capes. I love it. Edna. In fact, let's check it out, the next scene uh, where they're getting their new superhero suits. I I think it's amazing that Edna was the designer who was designing specifically for the, the Incredibles, their special powers. And so Jack-Jack was a fast runner, so she made it where it was okay for him to run as fast as he could in this suit. Again, with the girl who could go invisible, Violet. And so she, you know, had her suit become invisible. The same with Elastic Girl and how to stretch I love that God designs our life and our special powers and authorities according to who we are. He is not all about just a one-size-fits-all, but God is about you. He's about you. He knows how you work. He knows how you think, how you react, your fears. He knows your inadequacies and where you think you're incapable. He knows exactly where you are. And yet he's designed a special suit just for you. But the question is, when will you put on your suit? It's amazing what happens when the Incredibles go from just a regular family to being in the Incredibles outfit. It's like the red with the eye, and it's like they become this superhero gang that's like unstoppable. But I think it all begins with wearing the suit that we've been given. Now, this is tough sometimes because a lot of times we can look at someone else's suit and wish we had it. Well, I wish I could run fast. Well, I wish I could speak well. well, I, I can't sing. I can't play instruments. I'm not good with people. I'm not good with numbers. I don't organize things. I'm not a good genius with with all of the tech stuff, you know, And sometimes we get so in the in the thought process of comparison that we forget to uh own where we are, and what God's put inside of us. And you can get in the lifestyle where you start to point and look at others and say, I wish I could, and man, if I only, and someday when I have enough money, and someday when I live there and have that position, I'm going to do something great for God. But until that time, I'll be okay to be a hidden hero. And God wants to let you know today, he's designed a special life, a special authority, a special suit just for you. And it fits all of your parts right perfectly how he designed you. It fits your quirks and your personality traits, the way that you respond, the way they react, the way that you love, the way that you're fearful. God has already designed something that's specifically designed just for you. Isn't that great? In fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 33, I want to encourage you with this. This is one of those scriptures that is one that uh, you need to keep. Uh, short-handed like you want to keep it right in your pocket you want to keep it where you can remember the promise but I but Romans chapter 8 verse 33 it says no everybody say no no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and today as we do life together I challenge you but if you are doing life alone today, once you get a part of a good circle, let, let, let there be a great spot for you to connect and be a part, because there's power in unity. And God created us for one another. That's why Adam wasn't alone. He created Eve, because we were designed to be together in community. And I, I pray today, I just want to take a moment just pray for you, that God would give you the boldness and the courage to stand up and to step out, and maybe you've been a hero in hiding. But it's time that God wants to literally strike a little fire in you and let you stand up and say, yeah, God, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to be a super again. I'm ready to put back on the suit. I'm ready to come out from hiding and really come alive to why you have me here. And you know how you know what to do is you get in him and you create a space and you listen to his voice and you follow him at where he leads, you follow him at where he leads. So if that's you, I want to pray for you today. Would you just slip a hand and say, Elijah, would you pray for me? I want to come out of hiding. I've been a hero in hiding. And man, as a dad, as a mom, as a student, I want to stand up again and be a hero in where I am. Come on. Just make that declaration today. I want to pray for you. Jesus, Can we leave your hand up. Jesus, I thank you so much for these in this room that say, God, I'm in. I'm in, heart and soul. I put back on the mask. I'm coming in with my super costume, God. I want to do everything that you've designed me to do. So give us boldness today. Give us boldness for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, God. All the days that you've designed us to really take a hold of and use the keys of the kingdom. God, I pray for these that have have bought into the lie. And maybe today they, they feel inadequate. But today, God, I pray for you to speak truth into their life. Speak truth into their mind and to their hearts. Let them know that you have created them new. The old has passed away, and today the new is here. And we thank you, Jesus, that we are alive in you. We're alive and well. All the dead things are gone, and you're springing up new life in us. So, God, I pray for these. Help them to be bold, help them to step up and do what you've called them to. God, we love you, Jesus. We trust you. and your name, everybody said, Amen.